tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Manhattan's AfterBuzz TV After Show for your favorite show, Manhattan. As you can tell, I'm by myself in the studio tonight. Mr. Bobby Demiro could not join us tonight, unfortunately, so it's just me, myself, and I, and my awesome engineer, Sean. Hello, Sean. Yes. Hello, Marissa. He's running the ones and twos today, and I am going to try my best to do, to recap this amazing show. I'm really, really loving it, and it, it the, everything that's going on, it's great to watch, and I love how they're just, like, portraying this time back um, back in the 1940s, how people reacted with each other during that whole Los Alamos um, city. I think it's fantastic, and I think they're doing a really great job conveying that on the screen for us viewers to watch today. We are covering Season 1, Episode 5, Episode, New Approach to Cosmology. I mean, a lot happened in tonight's episode, so let's just get into it. Well, quickly start with Liza and her problem. I mean, we've been seeing that Liza's been really questioning herself and that she doesn't feel like she has a place in this town yet. We know that she gave up her career to support her husband, Frank, and his science that he's helping with this government project. She doesn't know what it is yet because she's still in the dark. But she still has that love of science because she is a botanist. She is very well educated. She has her PhD. But someone who's that level of intelligence, she's going to be getting, I guess, cabin fever, you can say, especially being in this town and not feeling like she has a place yet or a voice, as we will quickly talk about. But she wants to, she's doing her bee study, and she's studying the hives, this, um, the imitation of this beehive for her studies. And we find out that the, the guys in that area are not liking it. The, this bee pro- project of hers is kind of getting on people's nerves. And she, it actually starts where she gets her paper back and has her information and her studies on her plants that she submitted for for her research and being in that area and everything's being completely scrutinized and everybody's reading whatever's being sent out, what's being sent in, and people are reading her research and saying, hey, there's a lot of red flags in your research. Who knows if this information that you wrote down is confidential research that's written in code. We we have to take precautions. And she's very upset right now because she's like, hey, this is legit research that I'm doing for my field of study. This has nothing to do with whatever government project that you're working on. None of these words are classified or have confidential information. This is my legit, my legitimate research. And, she, you know, rightfully so. She gets upset and she... And we, but we see the power struggle between the women and the equality in this area because we know the men 
most of the men in this area knows what they're working on. They're working on the Manhattan Project and building these nuclear bombs, but the women are still in the dark. And she's still in the dark, and she doesn't know what's going on. But the men, because they do, she's getting some, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting this guy's name that she was talking to. I believe it's his name was, as I read my notes, Major James Pellegrin. Please let me know if I had that name wrong. But we can see his his actions and behaviors towards the women, especially towards Liza, who's very educated, we can see he's a bit chauvinistic and somewhat sexism and sexist because he talks about the situation when he used to be in France and one of his best memories was the food because the women cooked it and the women were better at that and that's what they're best at. And especially Liza saying, this is my legit research, and then him making that comparison that the women make better food than they are being educated. So that irked me, as I hope it should for many people. And so let me know if that was a problem for you, too. And, you know, Liza's very upset, and we see that the the men actually destroys her bees. We don't actually know if it was the men. I, I might be jumping ahead here, but let me know. What are your predictions? Who do you think destroyed her bee research project because we find at the end she she goes back to it and all the bees are are killed it looks like they were trampled on and someone obviously purposely destroyed it and to i it might have been a way to knock down liza's woman her power because she's a very educated woman who knows but let me let me know but before we actually move on to our next topic, I want to just quickly talk about Walmart. One of the great things here at AfterBuzz that really helps us out and helps everybody out in just shopping in general. I mean, we all love to shop and we have to shop. But, you know, sometimes it could be such a chore and we wish, what are ways to make it simpler? What are ways, the best ways we can save? Well, Walmart has this amazing, amazing um, plan that helps customers. It's called the the savings catcher plan. And what it is is if you go out to a certain store and you buy products and then you find out that Walmart actually had the same product for cheaper, they can give you the difference in their Walmart e-gift cards. And there you go. You save your money. And it's so smart. It's so simple. You can check it out all on walmart.com slash savings catcher. And they will help you out there. And also, you can download it on your smartphone, your iPhone, whatever. And it's really a very smart, faster, and cheaper way to save. So definitely check it out. Thank you to Walmart. They are amazing, and they always help the community out. So definitely check that out. Moving on, we see this whole situation with Charlie. We know that Charlie, he's very fresh, but he's very educated and he's very entitled, and he has this high horse. We see it every single week because he believes he's so much smarter than all these guys who've been on this project for so long. And he here he comes in and be like, I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. And it's nice to see Charlie getting knocked down a few pegs. But, okay, so we start with, sorry, as I'm going over my notes, he, he is in charge of leading this presentation for his 
his group and their plan on building this bomb. And they have this presentation. He's giving it out to the the army ordinance who's in charge of all that, the experts, and they're laying it out. It sounds really, really planned out. It's like, yes, they had the research, they had the mathematics, but they forgot one important, very, very important detail, and they did not account the weight of the petrol fuel in the airplanes. So, therefore, the airplanes could not carry their bombs that they have created. And that's very important because you need the ability to lift the bombs in the air. And for my question is, for for this group of guys who's been working on this project for so long, we know they're highly intelligent, and they forget something, as you may think, as simple as forgetting how much would the fuel weigh as well. You know, that added extra weight. And it, it was just surprising for me. It made me hard... It it was hard for me to believe that they would forget something as trivial. I probably shouldn't say trivial. Something as simple as that. And so they have to figure out, kind of scrap their work just a little bit. They have to figure out how to cut 800 pounds from their bomb. And that's that's a huge feat because that changes... All the measurements of everything in the bomb, metal, the material that they're using. And we find out that they essentially wasted two weeks um, worth of time. Which, and we know, and we've had it in the first couple episodes of the series, that time is of the essence. They don't have time to waste. Every single minute is important. And the fact that they have lost an equivalent of two weeks worth of work is very telling. And so Charlie is very upset. He was put in his place. He didn't think about the petrol fuel waste. And, of course, he is hurt and and rightfully embarrassed. And so the guys that go to that bar there and they're drinking, trying to figure it out. And we, we have Babbitt from Frank's team being very conversational, being very nice, approaches them and... And what I think was it a comical sexual analogy to how do we make bombs better? What is the overall thing that you're going for? You're making it, how do we simplify your plant? Because you're trying to cut 800 pounds. So if you think about it, they find out that they have to make their bombs long, their, the, the bomb cannon longer and, uh, yes, long, longer and more and Thinner and larger, sorry, those were the words, thinner and larger. And I feel like Babbitt was coming from a very sincere place, you know. It's one scientist to another, racking ideas, helping someone out. But Charlie, being on on his high horse, and also literally just being embarrassed, was not in the best place, and he drops the name. It's like, oh, you're trying to help me out? Like, you tried to help this Richard Lavro? Um, man out, and that just stops everybody cold, and everyone like, who's Richard Lavro? Even I was questioning, who is this Richard Lavro? Is he a real-life person? Which, during my research, I found out he really isn't. He is a fictional character, but he portrays that so many people that, you know, did happen back back in that time, there, there were people who have defected 
who were very smart, very highly educated, who were working for America, but then, you know, their loyalties changed and their alliance were with our enemy countries. And we find out this Richard Lavro was a defective. And, but now that Charlie has accused Babbitt of helping uh, Richard Lavro be defective, they're also questioning Babbitt. Be like, did you have any acquaintance with this defective? How do you know him in the first place? And Charlie says that when he was a clerical worker back at Harvard, he read this, he, he had this note and letter, and he found out that there was an ocean liner ticket with Babbitt's name on it that would go to Europe. And, but we also know that Richard Lavro was in the exact same area. So, you know, you put two and two together, they were, the audience is led to believe that they were working with each other, they were both planning on defecting at the same time. But we know that Richard Lavro defected, but Babbitt is still a good guy. He's still working for America, and he's still working on the Manhattan Project. But, of course, Frank has to question because Babbitt is part of his team. It's like, did you know Lavro? Please do not lie to me. You guys, and we know Babbitt originally had lied because he was like, you know, honestly, we did meet. They were just simple acquaintances back at conferences back in the day. And I never thought it would have been a big situation. It was just like crossing, literally crossing paths and, you know, maybe small talk here and there. But that's just enough to believe that maybe they did form this relationship. And maybe they did, you know, pass confidential information to our, you know, our our enemy countries. So, and, and then Babbitt, he gets a polygraph test to see if he is an American spy and he goes through the ringer, all because Charlie pointed a finger because he was hurt. But we do find out, and I love how we see Frank's loyalty and the lengths that Frank's will go to to help out his friend, to help out his team. And he, because we see Frank being upset that his good friend was accused being, hey, you know, accused being of a, essentially an American spy, he does some recon on Charlie. Because we know that Frank and Charlie, they've been button heads because Charlie's also heard that Frank read his research paper and Frank was the only person who rejected it for publication. But now we find out why Frank's rejected it. We know it happened, but now there's the reason why. So Frank goes back and rereads Charlie's paper called A New Approach to Nuclear Cosmology, hence the title of the episode. But we find out that Frank realized... Charlie plagiarized. This new approach to nuclear cosmology isn't so new. We find out there was a section, a paragraph, exactly word for word that Charlie used in his paper. But Charlie didn't realize, I mean, he was doing research, he was taking notes, but didn't generally realize that he was plagiarizing until he submitted it for publication. But Charlie, you know, Charlie and Frank, they talk about it, and Charlie, of course, is being now. Uh, Char- Charlie's upset because, like, you're calling me a cheater and plagiarized my way through high school, and why should I be here? And all these uh, questions ensue. And Charlie says, "Yes, perhaps I did plagiarize, and I realize it now. But all great men, and I, I'm sorry, as I'm trying to read through my notes here, 
But he did say the line that, like, all great scientists are built on the shoulders of great men. Essentially saying that great people use other people's work to, you know, elevate their own resources and elevate their own um, findings and research. <laughs> yes, pretty much. I mean, if you think about it, everyone does. They, they take ideas. They get their influences from here and there. But we find out that Charlie literally took it word for word. But that, let me know what you think. Do you think, now that we know Charlie did plagiarize, should he be part of the Manhattan Project? We know he's a very intelligent man. Should, but should he really be qualified to work here? Now that we know, sometimes he might have cheated his way through. Was it just this one time? Or were there more times that uh, he passed off work that was actually someone else's and he said it was his own? Let me know what you think. But also, in between all that, we, we hear Frank is talking on the phone, and we know Abby is one of the operators. She's the one that patches all the lines back and forth. And Abby's the one who overheard this conversation that Frank's talking about in, in calling Charlie a, a cheater, and he plagiarized. And then Abby goes to Charlie and asks him, did you plagiarize? Don't lie to me. I'm your wife. So that... It's pretty much the the inception of why that whole situation brewed um, between Frank and Charlie. But, I mean, a lot did happen, and I'm sorry, I'm just by myself, so please bear with me. But then also we see Frank. Frank is kind of being followed. And, okay, so we start the episode. Frank's in his car, and he's driving down. And I just, I have to, like, point it out to the writers to the editors and the sound editing, the the ringing and the lights, and we know that Frank is so sleep to, deprived. He he's working constantly twenty four seven. He's getting no sleep, and he's now suffering officially suffering like PS um, post traumatic stress syndrome. But I believe back in that day they called it um, you know shell shock syndrome because they're they're not as informed as we are today in the you know twenty first century. But he, so it's it's a mixture of all these different elements that's really causing Frank to go, start to see things, and we don't know if it's there or if it's really there. But we do find out that is there. Um, so at the beginning, there's this man who's following him because Frank's driving in his car, and he pulls over, thinking he's being followed. We find out there's this guy that comes and walks up to his window. He's like, "Are you okay?" Generally checking up on him because. Frank, being sleep-deprived, I guess he was all over the road and probably just generally concerned for the driver. And Frank's like, yes, yeah, thank you for, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to get home. But we find out at the end of the episode, the bookend with the same man, he has actually been following Frank around. And it seems like, I don't know, I didn't catch his name. I don't know if you guys did, but uh, it seems like... He, he was probably hired to spy on Frank. And because we see Frank at the end of the episode, he's with his housemate again, the woman who only speaks Spanish and has no English language in her dictionary. She does not know it. We find out that Frank has been sleeping with this woman? Have Frank been... In, like, uh, is this infidelity between Frank been going on? Is it true? I don't know. I find it absolutely 
hard to believe. I mean, I know we question that Frank and Liza's relationship is on the rocky end. But you can see every episode, they still try to communicate in this short amount of time that they have on screen together. But there is a relationship. They do love each other. Liza gave up her whole career for Frank. Frank, when he's with Liza, he's he's there, but he's really not there. But I would never really think Frank as the cheating kind of person. Emotionally cheating? Probably. But now physically cheating with this, his handmaiden, I'm shocked. Literally, I'm shocked. And... But we only saw the ending. It looks like they did sleep together. And then we find out that this guy who's been following him goes to, I believe, uh, and they announced all these names. But he, he goes to the, the colonel, I believe, and he says, yes, he's with her again. Again. So how long has this relationship been going on? How long has Frank been cheating? Is Frank really cheating? I mean, let me know. Let, and I would love to hear what Bobby has to think because a lot is going down. Um, a lot happened with Frank. Who knows? Uh, I think and it might get into prediction, Terry. We will definitely get in there. I think Frank, he, we know he's lonely, but it's more self-imposed lonely because he works, by, he works in a team, but he's constantly by himself working constantly working and focusing on this Manhattan Project. He has literally dedicated his whole life. But now, is it just for comfort? Does he love this housemaiden? Who's, and we see in the first episode, he tells the, all these secrets of the nuclear, this Manhattan Project, to this housemaiden, believing that she doesn't know English. She's not going to tell anyone because she doesn't know. So is this just an emotional release for him? It seems like emotional and physical release. Let me know. But obviously we have to talk about the most funniest story of tonight's episode, Fritz. We know Fritz, though I I really do love Frank's team because I believe, Bobby, we say it every week that, you know, Frank's team is just a bunch of average guys. The the people that anyone can relate to. Like, they're all quirky, they're all individual, and they're very real. They're not fake or, um, you know, forced, or they have this very judgmental way. They're really there for the work and the loyalty that they have towards each other, the friendship and the loyalty that they have towards Frank. Um, And I love everybody's chemistry. They seem like they're all friends working together. But we see Fritz. He's getting kind of antsy. And especially everyone in in that small area would probably get angsty. I wouldn't. I don't deny that. Uh, so Fritz, we find out that Fritz is actually a virgin, and he just pretty much just wants to get laid. To to put it bluntly, and and we find out that hey, Helen, Helen can help him out. He's like, hey, it's an it's an early birthday present. First, I gotta you know, like point it out to the editing. I loved how Frank was like, yes, I've never had. Pretty much, I'd never had sex before, and then Ellen was like, "Hey, consider this her birthday." I mean, great on the editing. It made me, the audience member, believe that maybe Helen was going to sleep with him. Frank thought that, and but of course, it was just for a laugh. Helen was the one pointing out all these women who you know help around the areas that hey, they all sleep with guys too, and they get paid on the side, <laughs> and so Helen helps set Fritz up. But we find out that Fritz's first encounter with the woman, he plays it off like he actually did sleep. 
um, with this girl who found out it's a lie. He's just lying. And and it's, it's so cute. I'm like, I love his innocence. It's like, yeah, no, that didn't really happen. Sorry, I, I couldn't go through it. I chickened out. And so Helen tries to set him up with another girl, or I believe it's actually the same woman. Be like, you know what? Let's do it again. Just, you know, go out. And I believe that her rate was two twenty-five. And I mean, for for time back then, that that's pretty cheap, if you think about it. I mean, but it, it was a really funny funny story. And so Fritz tries to, you know, he he apologizes for it the first time. He's like, you know what? How much do the movies cost? Do, do they cost two twenty five? So let's go to that. So he still couldn't go through it, even with the second time. So I think it's needless to say Frank is still a virgin. But, you know, nothing wrong with that. It, it's just funny to, to add some levity, you know, some levity into this hard-hitting episode. I mean, a lot happened. And it, it was nice to have a, a nice laugh. But um, I, I just have a, questions, a couple questions for you. Um, audience members who are thank you for listening to all of us please keep downloading us on Manhattan on, on iTunes our AfterBuzz TV Manhattan Project you can tweet me at Serafini TV you can tweet Bobby at Bobby DeMiro on Twitter but let us know what you think I have a couple questions for you number one when when we see Babbitt help the Charlie's guys out and he's giving this sexual analogy he kept saying um, the story about screwing this woman more over, like screwing her more often. Did they use that terminology back then in the 1940s? I feel like that was written for the today's audience. We understand it, obviously. But did they use that exact terminology back in the 1940s? I feel it would be said a little bit differently, maybe with more decorum, <laughs> more tact, more political you know, correctness. Uh, more PC that way. That so that's one question, and then another one. What do you think? I I love how Frank's has this amazing loyalty towards his team, and the way he goes out for. Uh, he will literally go out of his way to help someone. He went out of his way for Sid. He went out of his way for Babbitt tonight, and we don't see Akeley really go. Read Akeley. We don't see. We haven't seen him been given the opportunity to stick his neck out for one of his team members because I don't think Akeley would. But please let me know. Do you think Frank's the better man because he has done this? Do you think Akeley would do that had he been given a chance and he would help his team members? Who knows? But, of course, so much happens in tonight's episode. Do you? Th- and another question for you. Do you think Abby and Charlie's relationship will last. I mean, we started this episode very, very happy, if you know what I mean, with Charlie and Abby getting it on. But then after this whole plagiarism situation goes down, do you think Charlene and Abby, they ended on a fairly rougher note tonight's episode. Now they're not even together. I mean, well, they are together in the bed, but they're, um, they're, Charlie is restless. He can't think there is an obvious rift between um, Charlie and Abby. There's there's that wedge in between them, and it's called Frank. And uh, do you think this is the start of their, you know, their their relationship's downward spiral? I think it might be.
but yeah, please let me know. So let's get, oh, but, but actually, right before that, I just loved, I had to just quickly talk about this, this story that Charlie um, was re- recanting, the story of the Sandman, the Hans Christensen Anderson version, Christians Anderson's version. Um, I think it was a nice um, parallel to what's going on in tonight's episode because we see that there, there's the line that he's, the particular line that he's uh, reiterating is about the umbrella. And, like, there's one umbrella under the sand, one of the Sandman's arm that has pictures on it, and he would show it to the little kids so they can dream at night and dream happy thoughts. And then there's another umbrella under the other arm that's, like, black and torn apart and dreary, and he would show that umbrella and cover it over the kids who were bad. And they didn't... They had restless nights. They weren't happy. They weren't, you know, they didn't have dreams. And I think it's a nice parallel to what's going on with Charlie's life. He used to be a good person, a fairly good person. I think he still is a fairly good person. But now he's kind of restless at night. And I think I love the parallelism that is like now he can't sleep anymore. At the beginning he could and now he can't. And I think it's just what what's going on in his life. So let me know. Did you get that out of the story? I think so. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, other than that, a lot again, a lot happens, and we'll see. Let's go to predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so. Of course, we see in the previews uh, a lot of things are going to happen in next week's episode, but we see, um, again, as I go through my notes, we see this, is Frank cheating? Do you think he's cheating? It looks like he's cheating now with his um, handmaiden. I think if he is, that information is definitely going to get out to the public. And uh, now we see this second team, Charlie and um, Charlie has to go away on this business meeting retreat and getting more research on the other Manhattan, so-called Manhattan projects that's the, that are going on in the other countries, the, the equivalent to the people who are doing the same thing in their countries. Um, we see that Germany is ahead with their project. Then all the guys at Manhattan Project are, that the, all the guys at the Los Alamos there, because I believe it's Germany. We actually don't know which state it is, but we know it's another country that is more advanced or more ahead right now in the bombing game, and they're at the point where they're testing their bombs. It's not even theoretically if we had this, like, the the weights of the bombs and how we would execute it and this is what we would do. Now it's, it's really a matter of does it work? We have it. Does it work? And America right now is like, we have the idea, you know, we don't have the bomb yet, but we have the idea. So, it's seeing, I, um, watching the previews, I had to pause it. It looked like it was Germany because we had the, the Nazi banners, um, down in that one room. So, I'm going to have a safe bet that it might be Germany's project that there were, um, the Germany group that's working on the same project that they're ahead of the, the nuclear bomb game. And then also we see Fritz. Did he swallow some of the 
uh, involuntarily swallow some of the uh, plutonium, that could be serious, serious. And then who knows if that's uh, a serious story or another funny story. I mean, I love Fritz. He He's really just a funny guy to watch in all the episodes. Let me know what you think. Again, I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow my awesome co-host, Bobby DeMiro. He will be back next week, hopefully. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Bobby DeMiro. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those fun social media places at AfterBuzz TV. Definitely check it out. Thank you all for listening to me and bearing with me in this awesome episode of Manhattan. So much is happening. So much more to happen. Let me know your thoughts and predictions. And I, we will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you for watching AfterBuzz TV on YouTube. For more of your favorite after shows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here. And be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later. <laughs> <laughs>